When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. And I'm the other host. My name's Nick Ganbarian. Good to see you. And I am your other host when the other host isn't available, Mike <laughs> Forrester. You know... Hey, guys. Hey. If we didn't have you, um, it'd be like not as cool. So we appreciate you. That's what I'm trying to say here. I feel like I am the street sweeper. That just reminds you guys all to keep coming out and throwing out your dead. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to fill in for Ryan today because we're talking about something that I feel like everybody can relate to if you've ever been a fan of Star Wars. 100%. You know, we got, we got a good bullpen going. You know, I like what's happening here. When Ryan or I, Adam, you're, if you're absent, we're screwed. So you're the one Constant. who can't ever be absent. If Ryan or I are can't make it one week we got mike i feel like sarah could come in we got heather we got charles we got we got a good bullpen going we got a good thing going on here hey and for the record even if i can't show up i'll still edit so if it comes down to it sure. one of my legs gets sure. cut off or whatever got plenty of subs get cut in half <laughs> yeah haven't got your metal legs yet yeah yeah, yeah. just Maybe. digging through the dump trying to find those spider legs have you come back as an animated character it'll be great <laughs> yeah we um we also have a guest this week Friend of, well, a dude that I that I met a long time ago, I've been reminded recently, good friend of Nick's, mutual friend, host of another Star Wars podcast, Vinny Petroselli. Hey, thanks for having me. What's happening? I appreciate you guys. Hell yeah. The best looking dudes to host a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> hey. We got to do video because we're so damn good looking. <laughs> yeah. Do people tell you that? <laughs> no, first time. No. But I like hearing it. Yeah, the good hair, had a hair club, Star Wars podcast. <laughs> a lot of Italians in this now. This is too much. Very Italian. Yeah. Thank God it's video. We can talk with our hands. <laughs> Thank the maker, you know? <laughs> Do we sound handsome too, or is it just our, our faces? It's super intimidating. We, I, we, we probably sound ugly as hell. No. When my brother and I started to get into doing a Star Wars podcast, your guys was uh, top three that we went to for inspiration and just for motivation and, and Mike was one of the first people we talked to. So you guys was like top tier, like in our book to say, Hey, like, what are these guys doing? Let's not bite off them, but let's try to go in a direction like, like them. So if that means dude, anything to you, that's awesome. Hell yeah. That's amazing to hear. Yeah. So thank you for having me, dude. Of course your podcast, uh, all wings report in, tell the folks about your podcast real quick. Uh, it's two New Yorkers, my older brother, Chris and I, um, we've been into star Wars since, uh, the nineties. Our dad took us to see the Phantom Menace, uh, in 99. So we've been there for the, the remastered original trilogy, the prequels, and we've just loved toy collecting. We love all things star Wars, you know, memorabilia. And, and we just wanted to kind of give back to the star Wars community, make a little ripple in the big pond that is the star Wars community. And just thought we'd put our two cents in and, Maybe should start a little sooner, but we're happy to be here, man. It's uh, a bi-weekly show. You can listen wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we have to thank you guys. Thank Mike for all the help and support along the way. 
Nice. Hell yeah. Did you start uh, during the pandemic? Post Rise of Skywalker, like right before Mando. Like, so right in that weird. I mean, we had a couple episodes out before Mando, so maybe. Before season two. That is correct. Yeah. So, Vinny, you, uh, how did you and Nick meet? Because you used to do merch for All Time Low. I would say Warped 2007. I think All Time Low was on. Probably smart punk stage. I, th- I think Bayside was was on the Hurley stage, something like that. I know 2007 we were on the like the inflatable roof Hurley stage. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yep. So all time low was smart punk stage. Mutual friends seeing each other at the barbecues and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not sure Adam if we met at another Warps maybe like 08 story was on there or Soundwave Festival around 09 maybe. Oh word. Okay, so we did 08 for sure. That was on the Black Swan tour, and that was our like midlife crisis tour like we're old but we want to prove to everyone that we can party harder than everyone else so (laughs) i was like blackout drunk the whole summer and that's when i met gabe supporta and it was just like party time dude it was insane so if we met then i'm so sorry but i was probably blacked out (laughs) even if it was in the middle of the day (laughs) and then soundwave we want the second Soundwave tour that turned out to be, it was like Soundwave Counter Revolution or whatever. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. It was us yes. with the, and I was with drugs as well. Oh, so we have a mutual friend in Aaron Stern then. Yes, fellow dude. New Yorker. Stern is like okay. my brother. Okay, cool. And then so Nick, fellow New Yorker, like I know mm-hmm. we, me and Nick probably ran into each other at, you know, any club in the city. We've probably like crossed paths mm-hmm. on tour, like when we had, when we were both off or something. So and I just feel like in that era of my life and touring, I spent a lot of time at the merch table because I was like, I don't know what else to do. So yeah. like, especially that warp tour specifically, I think we had Andrew Mulder on there and you guys are yeah. buddies. So I was just yeah, of course. hanging with him and he was probably set up near you. So what a time. Well, here we are. Star Wars fans. Dude, it's weird. I never talked about Star Wars on tour ever. Yeah, same. Until that Soundwave tour where Ryan Key and Ryan Mendez and I started talking about Lost and then Star Wars. And then Ryan and I realized we both had Star Wars tattoos and we're like, hold up. (laughs) Is this the Force? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was kind of like Dark Ages for a while there, you know? Like when you really think about it, Return of the Jedi came out in 83. Mm -hmm. And then 16 years later, we got the prequels. Then let's see. So then it was another 10 years before... 12 years before Force Awakens came out. So it's yeah. really been like substantial time. There were dark periods in between there. So like yeah. I didn't necessarily like Star Wars at that point was just something that like existed. But, you know, like I said to Ken a couple of weeks ago, it's like people like that, that really like kept the ball rolling and kept it at like a certain sea level made it be able to be sold to Disney because it was such an entity because it never really yeah. went away. And people loved it so much that it stayed relevant even though there was no new content or, you know, at least not screen content. I would always go to like Target and, and on like days off, like we'd get like supplies and I'd always hit like the toy aisle. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd always be like, oh, what, like what do they, they have? But like toys like still kind of like lingered and came out. Mm-hmm. The pegs were a little bit more full than they are now. Yeah. Like on the shelves, but it, you always, I always kind of like looked to see like what, what was out there and you always kind of could find some cool three and three quarter inch figures like on the shelves at, at some point. So I'd always kind of like make my way there to look on like a day off. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, um, we're really circling the runway uh, in a holding pattern right here <laughs> hinting uh, about what, what we're about to talk about for real. Since we're in December, we're in the thick of the holiday season. Christmas is upon us. The weather outside is frightful. Dum da dum delightful. <laughs> We're going to talk about toys. We're going to talk about Star Wars Christmas memories. And we just want you to spark up that fireplace, get a little hot cup of cocoa, 
put the elf on the shelf and talk about Star Wars with us right now. You get a bunch of Star Wars toys and you don't open them, all right? Yeah. What, what, one for collecting, one for just because. Dude, that, yeah, that was a real thing in my life for sure. So let's talk about our earliest Star Wars Christmas memories, getting toys for Christmas or the toys that we wanted maybe for Christmas that we didn't get. Yes. Nick, you want to start it out? Yeah, I had great Christmases. I love my sister, but I was a brat. And until I was nine, I was an only child. Love my sister. <laughs> but for the first nine years of my life, I got every damn thing that I wanted. <laughs> uh, my mother, I don't know that my mother really knew how credit cards worked. So she just, <laughs> she was like, I think it's free money. So uh, racked up that credit card debt and I had literally everything. And I will tell you when we get into a little later, like the one holy grail thing that we might not uh, have ever gotten. Like it wasn't collecting back then. It was going to Toys R Us because I was a brat and wanting to get a new Star Wars toy. And, you know, if I close my eyes and visualize what like the Star Wars aisle looked like at Toys R Us, it looked like Costco to me, you know, because yeah. I was three feet tall, yeah. you know, like I close my eyes and it's this huge thing. And now like I just knew it couldn't have been actually that big. But man, yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I saw a picture from, I want to say 98, 99, right before mm -hmm. Phantom Menace came out. Granted, this is later than what you're talking about, but yeah. the aisle at Toys R Us yeah. looked exactly like that. Yeah. It looked like some shit out of a movie. Massive. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it couldn't, you know, they had the, the Naboo Starfighter, mm -hmm. like probably like a three foot model hanging in the middle of the aisle. So mm -hmm. yeah, maybe it was that big in Could 83 be. or whatever. I mean, there are some very dope pictures, like actual photographs of Toys R Us back then. And you could go on YouTube and find some like news, you know, like a reporter would go and talk about Star Wars toys or whatever. And yeah, I mean, that's to me, that's heaven. I don't know what's, I don't know what's Glorious. happened, like makes me happier than, than seeing some of those old pictures. But yeah, I wasn't collecting back then. I was buying them, opening them. And that's where the creativity started with uh, just letting my imagination go with, with uh, playing. But uh, yeah, Christmas was not only just Star Wars. It was anything, you know, anything that came after Star Wars. I just, my mother wanted me to be happy. So she bought everything. And my dad, my dad was just like, yeah, we got to go bankrupt. <laughs> this credit card business is uh, no joke. <laughs> yeah. It turns out this isn't free money. Yeah. It turns it's out weird. they need that money back. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, my, you know, I have one specific Christmas memory and I, I wouldn't necessarily say it was tied up in Star Wars, but from the tree to the like staircase going to the second level of my house was all toys. And it was, you know, the entire living room basically was all toys because my sister wasn't born yet. It was just all for me. And that's <laughs> what a memory that is. So now we know how you turned out to be such an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I had to start giving attention to my sister. Good point. God, so rude that she showed up, you know, <laughs> ruined everything. I think I, the story is not to get too off topic, but I think around nine, I got bored and I was like, I want a brother. <laughs> like, then, well. Yeah. Then a sister came. How so. about a sister? <laughs> you wanted Transformers and you got GoBots. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My sister's cooler than GoBots. Oh. And more successful than GoBots, <laughs> I think. <laughs> She's a dentist. <laughs> uh, dude, you heard it here first. GoBots not even as successful as average New York dentist. <laughs> Mike, how about you? So I guess this can be a long-winded answer, but you know what? It's a podcast and you've already lit the fire and you're drinking your hot cocoa and really enjoying yourself. I think Micro Machines was my first real interaction with Star Wars toys. And I had a friend who had them all and they were 
the foldable heads that had the play sets inside of them mm. by a company called Galoob. It's great. Galoob is long gone, right? Gal- I'm be. sure it must be. Like 20 years gone. Yeah. 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 And I remember getting these little toys and thinking, falling in love with like, first of all, the designs of them just being like the X wing is so cool. And the Falcon looks like this goofy hamburger thing. And I think for me, it was like, dang, Star Wars is awesome. And then that eventually for me turned in and also like, let's set the table for the time of Star Wars, right? So this is like mid nineties. They had re-released those VHS tapes with the half of the silhouettes on them. I think it was what Yoda, Vader, and a stormtrooper, I believe, right? And correct. This is like the first intro. Adam's grabbing him right now. We have to double check. I think it's right. I think the stormtroopers on Empire. Is it? Yep, that's it. Yeah, stormtroopers on Empire. Yoda was on Return of the. Yeah, Vader was right. So I think that was like the first introduction. And I'm a couple years younger than y'all. I think Vinny and I are about the same age, but. That was like the first reintroduction to Star Wars, I think, for a lot of like our generation, right? And that was special edition stuff that was like basically just a big marketed push. And so Power of the Force was the first time that I think I specifically remember asking for big vehicles. And I'm a kid in Michigan, and I have two seasons, Endor and Hoth. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) And the thing about the power of the Force characters was that every character was He-Man. Yeah. (laughs) Leia was He-Man. Obi-Wan Kenobi was old He-Man. Luke, uh, everybody looked like a bodybuilder. Super swole. Everyone was just... I mean, it was the 90s, right? Yeah, Barry, Shredded. Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire for the home... I mean, everyone was shredded. Bash Brothers. (laughs) That's right. So I feel like that was, for me... Those were the toys that I remember specifically asking my parents for. And I'm very grateful for a mother who loves me very much because she kept everything. Mm. She kept all of my Santa lists from every year that I ever made them. That's the cutest shit I've heard all week. <laughs> it is cute because I don't do that for my own kid right now. Now I'm so, all of a sudden I'm like instantly feeling bad about this. It's like, sorry, kid, you didn't have iCloud backup on your list is gone. Yeah, right. That's literally if I can't save it, it on Instagram, I ain't got it. So. I look at some of the toys and I realize the stuff that I had asked for. And this stuff was expensive back then. Yeah. Like Star Wars has been a cash cow forever. I mean, it's just, it was incredible. And I think that was for me, my Star Wars Christmas was asking for things like, you know, I hope I can, you know, I got the land speeder and it came with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And like, we didn't really know the power of Obi-Wan Kenobi yet. Right. Because I mean, he's one of the greatest characters of all time in Star Wars now, but like, when you're a kid, you're like, he was just this old dude that kind of like fought Darth Vader for a hot second. It wasn't all that cool. Right. But I had him. And then I got a, I got a chicken walker and I was upset that I didn't get the big one. And I remember thinking maybe I was a bad kid this year. <laughs> Did you have the Obi-Wan? I assume with the, the lightsaber with the little uh, slider on the arm. Did you have that? Or the lightsaber no. was in the arm? What? That's what I had in 83. Oh. Vinny, you go and then I'll, I'll talk about my stuff. So this is great because I feel like both of uh, like uh, Nick and Mike, their, their stories are like help roll into mine because I got the uh, ATAT big Walker for oh, Christmas. Show off. What a you show should, you off. Should, oh boy. But, so having an older brother and this still happens till this day, like his influence on me, like to be like, you know, he just like tells me things that I think I want or like that I think I'll like and that I just like them. Yeah, so yeah. when it came time for, <laughs> for Christmas with Star Wars toys, my parents just had a, 
he, they're, they're probably like, oh, these kids are so easy. We just get them at all the Star Wars stuff and they'll just <laughs> yeah. split it or figure it out. So yeah. if he got Boba Fett and I got, you know, uh, like an Ewok, maybe there was a little beef there, like with three and three quarter stuff. <laughs> yeah, but right. like for the most part, most part, we just shared everything. So when Power of the Force was out, like I got the speeder, but then that Christmas I got the big walker. And I remember we had the Falcon. My dad sold it. So don't move out of your house. <laughs> so your parents don't throw your old stuff away. You could just, then you'll have to just be in your thirties and go out and rebuy the <laughs> power of the force Falcon. So with lasers, look at those lasers. Nice. What a treat for our patrons right now to be able to see this. Let's go. <laughs> Dude. So just don't move out of your parents' house so they don't get rid of any of your stuff. And then you won't have this problem where you have to go get it years later. But <laughs> I did get it at a local comic book store. So I, I feel good about that, but he still had it sealed and uh, I just wanted it back because it, 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 uh, it meant something to me. And, um, you know, but he does have the actual, he does have the walker. So Mike, maybe I'll pick it up for you. Wow. He does have that there. But I remember getting uh, Rogue Squadron on the, on the GameCube. It was a launch title. It was Rogue Squadron 2. I just remember like sitting in my room all day and just playing that game and probably back and forth with Tony Hawk, Pro Skater. But getting the special edition as a stocking stuffer, it, my parent it, it's always been like a Star Wars gift, like every Christmas, even in the dark, you know, times of no Star Wars. I was just sure everyone that knows me now, even if it's just like a Christmas tree ornament or if it's like a, a rocks glass for drinks, a beer koozie, somehow I just always inherit something for Christmas for Star Wars. And I'm just so appreciative of that. So any Star Wars fan, I think that gets anything for the holiday, whatever you celebrate, it's it's a good gift. You can really do no wrong as a star Wars fan getting a gift on Christmas or giving a star Wars fan a gift on Christmas. Cause it's, it's, it's thoughtful, you know, you love it, but that's how your collection grows. And you know, it's, uh, they were thinking of you, even if they don't understand the wars, at least they knew enough just to get you something, you know, that yeah. pertained to it. So I, I kind of get down with that. Dude, we're going to get into this later in a moment here when we talk about, uh, our Holy grails, but dude, that ATAT that you got, it had Dude. the cable Amazing. it talked everything here i am like you know 36 years later jealous of you <laughs> when i was pro- i was probably a teenager when at the time that you're talking about but still uh so my earliest very first christmas memory period was it had to have been christmas 83 maybe 84 because it was all return of the jedi toys that i got i had seen return of the jedi my dad took me to the theater he and one of his best friends who was super tall. The dude was like six, seven, six, nine, something like that. So I called him chewy, like coming out of the theater. <laughs> my dad always told that story. So he took me as a little kid. I was obsessed instantly. So I got nothing but star Wars toys that following Christmas. And I don't know if, if it was just laziness by my parents or if my dad literally thought it would be cooler. None of it was wrapped. <laughs> it was all, there was the tree so it was just like our dining room, but there was, there was no dining room table. It was just like the tree and it was the piano. And all along, like where you would put the sheet music, it was all figures, the little three and three quarter inch all lined up. Oh, wow. And uh, maybe the I got a lightsaber. Maybe that was wrapped. I talked about this on the podcast a long time ago, but they made these lightsabers that they weren't collapsible tubes. It was, you know, whatever length the blade was. And it, w- it was fixed. And then at the top, it had sort of like a crosshair kind of top. Mm-hmm. And there was something about... Really? Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of made the sound just from the the movement of the air across the top of it as you would wave it. it you know, it would kind of, kind of do that. Yep. So I got one of those. I feel like I got a little play set of some kind. Maybe I got a TIE fighter almost definitely. But it was like, I don't know, like a dozen figures. 
I want to say the TIE fighter and a lightsaber and then some other crap. I don't remember. Whatever else I got that year was irrelevant is what I'm saying here <laughs> because I got all that and I was so pumped. And I remember waving the lightsaber around. That's the first thing I did. Again, I've told this story. Apologies. I'm old. This is how it works. You tell stories more than once. What was I saying? <laughs> I was waving the lightsaber and I had no idea that it was making a sound by waving it. And I could hear that vroom, vroom kind of thing of the tube. And I remember just kind of waving it. My sister was unwrapping her stuff. So there was noise in the room and I was just like, do, 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 waving it. It's like, what? Does someone have like a, like a weed whacker outside or something? Like, what is that sound? And I'm just like <laughs> waving it. My dad's like, stop. Do you hear it? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. You see what you're doing? Yeah, that's you. It's coming out of the lightsaber. <laughs> Pay attention. You know, I just, I just really remember that moment. And that I would guess that that the blade of that thing lasted a week, maybe because I was just hitting it on everything. My sister's head, the trees in the backyard, <laughs> like the piano, whatever. Yeah. But I just, I really vividly remember, you know, no, I got the Falcon that year. Oh boy. Now that I'm thinking of it, I got the Falcon and maybe a TIE fighter. I know I had the Falcon 100% because that got destroyed in this giant toy box that my dad made out of like old scrap wood. It just got piled in there. And over the years, it just, it tumbled around, you know, I definitely didn't have an X-Wing though. Cause I had a friend who did, and I was so jealous point being, I started off with those handful of toys and they, they stuck with me aside from the, the Falcon, like all the figures are still in a Rubbermaid tub, just like six feet that direction to my left. I've had those the whole time. Who knows where the lightsaber went? And that's my first Christmas memory, period, in life. <laughs> I definitely remember getting those lightsabers. It wasn't for Christmas. It was for uh, like Persian New Year. And uh, there is like a mythical Persian Santa Claus, basically. And my dad played a trick on me. He's like, oh, I think, I think he came. Go check the mudroom. And I went into the mudroom and there was like a red and green lightsaber that you're talking about. And I was nice. just like... Oh my God, how did they get in there? <laughs> what is the Persian Santa Claus called? Bab, I, Baba Nowruz. I think it just means Father New Year or something like that. Baba Nowruz. <laughs> yeah. He totally got me though. I was just like, wait a minute. You both were totally in the living room with me. How did those lightsabers get in here? <laughs> <laughs> Iranian Santa Claus, baby. <laughs> Magicians around children might as well be actual sorcerers. You know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't take much. So it's interesting. So we got all these... We got these toys as kids, but here we are like three out of four of us are toy collectors as adults to some degree. And you're not just collecting children's toys. You have toys that are very much made for adults. People forget about that. Yeah. And you know how I know it's, that? It's interesting. Because, because they're priced adult prices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I know that they're, they're collectibles and they're not toys. Because there's next to the, what's funny is, and you know, specifically Target is where I would go to look for these things. It's all in the little kid toy section, but yeah. it's like, okay, this is $10. This is $10. The one I want is 25. The other one's $10. It's like the, there's ones for kids and then there's ones for adults and they're all in the same section. Which is like the Black Series, right? Yep. And as, that's your collection that you mm -hmm. have the majority of? Uh, I don't know if I, you know. Like figure-wise? Yeah, I mean, I have one phase fully, and there's a, okay. they're on like the third phase now, and I'm pretty up to date. But yeah, that's, that's what kind of got me back into collecting around like 2015. So those are expensive. But when we were kids, like you, like you guys talked about, like Mike, you mentioned, mm -hmm. they weren't all cheap. The Falcon wasn't cheap. The AT-AT wasn't cheap. So let's go back down the line. What was your most coveted Holy Grail Red Rider BB gun Star Wars toy that you wanted but didn't get? 
Oh. Um, mine, you know, when I really look at like the list of what Kenner put out back in the day, again, spoiled brat. I'm not, I'm not, not a spoiled brat right now. I just know how to <laughs> <laughs> I control things, but my, I never had the, the Kenner ad at, I never had like the original ad at, yeah. so I hate to say because it really does make me sound like a brat. I think I had everything else though. (laughs) (laughs) I really am looking at, you know, just on Google image search. Like I know I for sure had and probably have all of the figures. They're not in great shape because I did play with them. But I think I had, I I have all of the vehicles. I don't remember having that ad at. So I think that's the, the one thing that I never got. Just the actual, like whatever it was, like 1980, maybe 1982 or 83 Kenner at at. What was the scale on that? Well, it would be scaled to... To the figures, right? To three and three quarters, but that doesn't make Not sense. Not really though, right? It doesn't really make I sense. Mean, Vinny, you, you probably know because it's like the, the body, that was always the thing, was like the heads were always huge. Yeah. So you could try to like fit a character in there, but then the body only fit like two or three characters. Yeah. It had to be like 18 inches tall, maybe just under two feet, maybe like two feet. But I feel like it, like eighteen inches. I feel like is is as how high as it would be. I mean, yeah, the scale still, is I mean, kind of messed. I'm I'm looking yeah. at pictures right now. It looks like like a goofy dog. Yeah, yeah it's kind of it's kind of off. The power of the force one said like we've reached the main you know power reactor, and it said you may start your landing, and it said you know it said all those lines. Oh wow, the four lines mm-hmm. that the pilot the, the driver had, and it, it, it said those four lines. It was. It was you would like press it because sometimes it would just keep repeating. So you'd want them to say like the actual fourth line instead of like yeah. the third line ten times. So you just keep like button mashing it until it said <laughs> what you wanted, and it had the cable. It was say the thing, stupid toy. Yeah. So I was like, thanks, Dad, for getting rid of that. Appreciate the cable it. is mind blowing. It's really funny how so like Star Wars toys is really like where toys began you know like before that there wasn't much there was gi joe dolls you know so it's really crazy how like slightly innovative they got think about the tauntaun when they put that toy out and you could slice the stomach open and stick a figure in there Mm -hmm. you know it's like little things like that are literally genius at the time because there were no toys before that that needed to do that so it was this simple little fix where it's just like what if you know it had this movie moment and nothing had ever had that before, which is because you got yeah. the play sets too. Yeah. Like, do you remember Power of the Force? You you got the trash compactor mm-hmm. where you could kind of put figures down the trash compactor, or it had the the swing to uh, the the bridge scene where uh, Luke Luke and uh, Leia need to use the cable to get across mm-hmm. with Stormtrooper belt. They sold that as well. Yeah, like they so they had these these play sets for Power mm-hmm. of the Force that you could kind of you know, recreate and set up on yeah. your shelf and, and stuff, which was, which was pretty cool. I remember, I, I've probably said this on the pod before, but the one place that back in the day before Power of the Force that they didn't have was the trash compactor. So I remember my father like building me one, which was literally just a box with a bunch of junk in it. And I was like, this is so yeah. cool. <laughs> this is so cool. Box of trash in it. Thanks, dad. <laughs> Cigarette pods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like, I think it's something to Nick's point is like how awesome that was that you realized in comparing it to like G.I. Joe or like any of the other, you know, macho action figures that were marketed to boys was like, the idea was that you just get your characters and just like have, you know, G.I. Joe episodes, blah, blah, blah. But like Star Wars, all of that stuff mattered to the story. And like the story was the consequence that like if the Tauntaun couldn't fit someone in it, 
and you're a kid from Michigan playing with your Tauntaun out in the snow, you're like, well, this toy sucks because Luke <laughs> would have died out there if Han wouldn't have killed this poor thing. Yeah. You know, and it's like you just think about that's how that's why I think is Star Wars is amazing because all of those little story moments that we think is awesome from the toys is because we want that story to keep going versus the other characters. You know what I mean? Does mm -hmm. that make sense? I feel like, yeah, totally. Like those little details that add and move your story along, even though they're just toys is like maybe just such a star Wars thing, you know? I just love the innovation, you know, like along the lines of that Tauntaun, the Dagobah playset from back in the day mm -hmm. had this little patch, which was basically just a hole in the plastic that they put like this mustard colored like foam like sponge in that was sliced in like just like an x shape so you could kind of recreate r2 sinking you know and it's like this innovation right. where someone in a boardroom somewhere in cincinnati wherever kenner was was just like it'd be really cool if we could figure out how to do this and it was just like this most the most raw innovation it's like well we could put a hole in the plastic and then let's just put sponge yeah. So you could shove a, a figure down there and then that's the best we could do because it's 1983. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we don't get play sets anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, in, in the underground, I guess, like 3D print world of Instagram, you can buy, you know, uh, I see like 3D print sets for like the Mandalorian where mm -hmm. they're all on the bridge, yeah. you know, for, the, for Luke's entrance scene, all mm -hmm. that stuff. You just don't see that anymore. And toy photography, which I have a lot of love and respect for nowadays, you see people take these black series figs, three and three quarter inch figs and put them into out into the wild outside behind their house or wherever. And it, it looks, people are doing like great photography with like these new toys and it's just grown. So if they could take some stuff that we've grown up with and do it now or, or vice versa, the toy community has just grown in, in, in such a way. So some things I yeah. like to take forward, some things I would love to put back in time, but it's growing and it's, it's, it's a big giant circle. And I, I, I do have a lot of love for it. So dude, I, I just uh, did a little Googling and Vinny, you were pretty much spot on the, the original released in 81 and then 82 repackaging, uh, and then 83 repackaging, ATAT was 17 and a half inches tall. Nice. So talking also about how expensive, I just did a little inflation calculator. So I'm pretty sure Toys R Us, a normal ass, like three and three quarter Kenner figure was 298. I kind of vividly remember that price tag. So inflation rate being 177% from 1983, that same item would be $8.28. So still pretty cheap, honestly. Like, I don't think you could get like a normal vintage collection, like new vintage collection figure right now, I think has actually gone up from about 13 to like 16 or 17 in the last year, something like that. Damn. So, yeah. Man, I did not expect that. Inflation's a bitch. Wow. <laughs> also, I just remembered the play set I was thinking of that I got was the Jabba's throne room thing with uh, yeah. the, uh, what do you call the throne that he sits on? It's got a specific uh, name for that kind of throne. But anyway, I got that and it had, it wasn't quite accurate. Like instead of it sliding like it does in the movie, it, it slides back to reveal the, uh, the trap door forward, mm -hmm. back, whatever. It's like you would take him off and you would, there was a hinged door yeah, that yeah. in the bottom had bones and crap, mm -hmm. you know? So I had that. Is it called a dice? 
A dais? Da- dais? Dais. Dais. There it is. Dais. Sold yeah. me on it. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're convinced. The the actual vintage, like what you're talking about with the hinge door, like it doesn't say anything. I'm looking at the box now. It says Jabba the Hutt action playset. That's all it says. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, patrons, I just uh, put in the Jedi Council channel on Discord the original ATAT set, little picture that I pulled from this website, and the link that I posted in this Riverside chat is the same thing. It's in, dude. This is incredible. I'm looking at it. It's amazing. If I was three to 13 years old, I would be so pumped mm-hmm. about this. But you look at it now as an adult with OCD and I'm like, those proportions are all off, man. <laughs> you know, like the figures are as tall as the cargo door on the side. You know, yeah. the head is like <laughs> half the size of the whole body. Mm-hmm. It's goofy. Like the adult in me, this is why I, I think this is why I'm not into toys as an adult. Like I want props. I want to feel like I have the thing in my hand or like with my room here, like I want to turn this whole wall behind me into like a Tatooine locals residence kind of thing. I, I'd rather do that than have a toy because my adult OCD says, no, this needs to be to scale or it's garbage, <laughs> you know? So um, there's that weirdness. But as a kid, dude, like, like you said. But now there's so much, there's so much more now. I, I think like with three and three quarter inch, then the black series, like the Funko, like and to, yep. to to Dorbs. There's just like now you have to like pick your poison. You have to like some people are completionists. You have to like pick your your poison. Oh, almost totally. you're like yeah. you know I, I'm a, I'm a black series guy. Like th- I, I grew up on a three and three quarter inch, and I know people that have a massive sideshow collection. I think they're absolutely beautiful. And I'm like, oh, good for you. But I see people with walls of Funko or complete cases and, and complete armies of three and three quarter inch figs, Black Series, you know, and, and everything. There's just, now it's, there's a lot. Like, so back, we grew up, it was just, I can just remember three and three quarter inch figs. Right. You know, and, and that was it. So now you have to kind of like tiptoe around as it's, it's evolved over the years. For sure. And you can't have, the completionist point is so true, Vinny, because it's like, I bought my first ever Hot Toys. Well, let's do this. Let's go back to your question, Adam, which was the gift that we didn't get. Right. Did anybody else, was anybody else close with like cousins too? Because I grew up as an only child, okay? Also spoiled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have no cousins. <laughs> well, so what's interesting is that my dad used to take all of the holiday catalog pictures for Kmart. So I used to get all of the toys back in October to play with before they while they shot them and then they went out in November when the toy catalog That's came out. That's amazing. But a lot of times I wouldn't know what these toys were because they were all out of the packaging. They were like, you know, pre-production models. But I always knew when they were Star Wars toys. I'm like, this is this is sweet. But it's usually loose figures and then when I would see that it was a a vehicle, I'm like, "Dad, what do we need to do to steal this? And he's like, well, they know what they sent us, so we can't just not send it back. I'm like, all right. So when you would walk into Kmart in probably about 1996, you would see two little kids' hands holding a toy. Those were my hands in the, you know. I knew it. uh, Yep, for (laughs) sure. those were your hands. (laughs) And you knew you were going to, like, do a podcast with me, like, 20 years later. But I feel like because my... Um, you know, and then looking back on it, tragically, my aunt and uncle fought a lot. So their remedy, rather than fixing their own marital problems, they just bought my cousins <laughs> a ton of toys to play with. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. You guys are upset. Do you like toys? So now that's what my cousins are into. So my mom wouldn't buy me toys 
because my cousins had them. Uh, yeah. She's like, well, we'll j- you'll just go over and play with, you know, go play with it. You want a snow? <laughs> what the heck's a snow speeder? I'm like, mom, that's the one I want. And she'd be like, well, I didn't your cousin get that? Why don't you just play with it when you go over there? I'm like, no, don't do this to me, please. I'm out begging <laughs> you. So I never got the snow speeder. And that killed me because Michigan was a very snowy state. And I remember feeling like there was that one little scene in Empire where the chicken walker like kind of zips by pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So that felt canon. I'm like, that's cool. It's canon. But not having the snow speeder really killed me. Yeah. And looking back on that now, I think that's probably why most of my problems still exist, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get that snow speeder. Just tell that story to your wife every time she checks out the credit card statement. You know what I mean? Look, there's history here. There's, babe. Listen. I'm making up for something. My <laughs> yeah. cousins didn't appreciate those toys like I did. Do your uncle and aunt listen to this podcast where you call them out for arguing all the time? Because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, we are we are way gone at that point. Yeah, they're, they're way gone at that okay. point. Now. Okay. Yo, I also just realized I had the damn, I had Luke's speeder as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the hood went. That was gone within like six days, you know, because the hood came off and you could like put crap in it put your supplies in there or whatever. Man, I think my dad just had a good year in like 83 because I got a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good years as a salesperson. Or they're irresponsible with credit cards. Could go either way. Or that. The, the, the that supper club card. That's right. Do you think that your parents though, because this is how I feel, I'm like circling this also because I want to get to Vinny's point about being a completionist because Star Wars, I feel like is predatory in that. Like you could never get a Han, a single Han without also getting Chewie and you could oh, yeah. never just buy an R2 without also being like, I wish there was a 3PO. And you could never do Luke and Leia. You could never do uh, Vader without a Stormtrooper. I mean, it is a vicious and dark path to follow. But, you know, I wonder if parents, I buy my daughter Star Wars Legos. She doesn't care <laughs> at all. But I buy them because I'm like, dad likes this stuff. She's like, dad, yeah. I know that you like this stuff, but well, I don't does care. Does she mess with them and make her own things or she just doesn't well, care? Okay, this is another topic. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're, cir- we're bouncing around. I feel like before all of the licensing things happen with Lego, maybe it's changed and maybe we sound super crotchety on this 30 plus podcast. 40 plus. It's it's fine, Nick. We're we're all here. 30, here. 40, same diff. Yeah, ish. You know, not, not 20s 50. podcast. Not <laughs> I'm on my way. I'm 41 and a half. I'm almost 50. You're basically 60, dude. Lego <laughs> Lego it. used to be, you know, you used to have to put cobble together your multicolored X-Wing because they didn't have pieces that looked like freaking X-Wings, right? And now it's hard to see those pieces as anything but an X-Wing because they've redesigned them so well to the point where like these pieces are really goofy and you wouldn't be able to use them with other sets. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm just like getting old and I'm like, ah, kids don't have imaginations anymore. But at the same time, like these also look amazing. So yeah, Yeah. I I might go through and double dip and rebuy my daughter a bunch of stuff she doesn't want. That is a thing within the Lego community, like the old school curmudgeon I'll just build it with your imagination versus, oh, these kids have everything now. They just follow the instructions kind of thing. Sure. But I think it's kind of like a false dichotomy. Ultimately, like you get these things for kids and they do whatever the hell they want with them. They follow the instructions and they tear it apart and they build some other kind of robot or something out of it. And it's cool. It's we, the the cranky adults that have that argument. I mean, my dad, I used to have my dad like acetone off some of the like water decals 
mm-hmm. on the characters. Because if it was a white shirt, I'm like, Dad, I'll just draw the tunic or I'll draw the stormtrooper armor on this yeah, little yeah. white character, right? You know what I mean? So it's like you just you went for it. Versus now, like I'm looking at these these little Legos. I'm like, that's a Mandalorian. He's got like this <laughs> cr- Beskar helmet and everything. Yeah. The interesting part about it, though, is that you look back on all those things and you think of what sticks with you because I'm sure that there are characters and you remember, like, I feel horrible if, like, grandparents, you know, if they were involved in your lives like they were in mine. This is, like, the whole, like, you know, the Boba Fett starship controversy. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Like, could you imagine my mom being like, oh, I don't know, he says he wants a Panda Baba? What the heck is that? Yeah. Like my my grand, you know, my Italian grandmother walking in is 70 years old at Toys R Us. I'm looking for a, a panda bear. He said he wanted yeah. a panda bear. You know what I mean? Like from, from the Star Wars. Yeah, from a it's from the Star Trek thing. You know, and I could just imagine like how crazy some of these things were, you know, like why can't you just get karate Joe? No, no, no. I need Lando Calrissian. They made every character. Yeah. Like you, 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 you in the back. You, you, you get one. Oh, yeah. Everybody. The camera guy. They made camera guy even, (laughs) you know. So now you're kind of like, okay, like 10, 12 figures to a, uh, you know, to a set, you know, whatever it is. But everybody was was a character. And it was so weird to just think of things you'd didn't want or didn't need, but you went and got it because they put it out. And now you're like, why aren't they doing this guy? Like he was, this is cool. And you know, now I think the releases are, I guess maybe like all the releases are a little different. Like you, it's kind of mixed. Like you have Book of Boba Fett figures are out, but they're kind of all like sporadic, like one Rise of Skywalker figure, one, one uh, Bad Batch figure now with these Black Series figs. But I just remember those pegs were were full on at service merchandise Toys R Us, Kmart, they were all full and it was just so like it was just a diverse selection then and and so when you got the toy catalog and you looked at the back of the, of of the of the figure box you were like I need this one this one this this, this, this yeah. you know and and it was there now it's Dude, shout out service merchandise. Hell yeah. Yes. Dude, service merchandise good, is an awesome store. Was that an awesome was, store. Bring it back. That was the catalog, dude. I obsessed over that How thing. How funny, just when you when you were mentioning Mike the Kmart catalog, man. When I I'm I'm gonna guess it was Sears is what I was thinking of. It might have been service sure. merchandise also, but I'm gonna say Sears when the Sears holiday catalog came. Yeah, I wonder why I have like toy OCD. I would literally <laughs> look at one picture of Star Wars stuff for yeah. probably twelve hours a day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you would go right browsing. to that section. Yeah, yeah, right. And then I would just look at that forever. Like, how is that any different than me staring at like Instagram for five hours a day? It's Think the same about thing. that concept. Like, OCD. <laughs> you you got the catalog to 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 your house, right? Then you went to the department <laughs> store and then told them you wanted G nine, <laughs> uh, and then someone else t- went to their computer, typed it in, and then it went to the store. And then you had to go back a second time to pick up set item and and have it in time for the holiday season. And now we just do it here. We oh, okay, sweet. I, I just pre-ordered this on Amazon, and I'm going to get this action figure in a mail or envelope. And it's it may come it may damaged not, or it may not. Yeah. But, but I'm going to put it on. I'm going to put it on Mercari to flip first before it even arrives. Yeah, that's that a, it. Might be another podcast topic, you yeah. know. But um, sure. Did any of us as kids though? Like, did any of us not just rip the boxes open and play with them, though? 
I mean, because I, I think about that stuff all the time with the amount, and it's not a huge amount, but they're out here at somewhere like Frankenson's, which is like a, a big, it's open like three days a week. It's basically like, I don't want to say a poor man's Comic-Con. It's like a flea market for collectibles and baseball cards and stuff like that. Um, it's massive. It's in an old Sam's Club, just so you could get the scale of how big it is. Sweet. But, you know, like you could go in there and it's there. The prices are astronomical, but you could find a lot of old carded stuff. So I don't know at what point people, because again, we're talking about like the initial toy collecting like star wars is the initial thing people collected so i just don't understand how anyone back then had the foresight to buy something and be like i'm not opening this because it just didn't exist i think power of the force was kind of mass produced because now Mm -hmm. and 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 i'm not someone who flips or or really condones any of that bots anything like that but power of the force you can get anything carded i feel like common for like 450 uh-huh. like you, you can go there and get anything for like four dollars and yeah. you can i'm assuming haggle down to two dollars like boba fett all your main characters mm-hmm. you know you, you can still find those but anything before that like some of the stuff that you know adam and, and, and nick you grew up on that is hundreds of dollars yeah. so if you didn't take that out of the packaging yeah. like the will to not do that at that mm-hmm. age with those figures when it was like, you know, groundbreaking those figures coming yeah. out when it did, how it did. I, I can't imagine you find a lot of those. So carded. I'll tell you what, like this isn't boy, I'll tell really you a what. holy grail. I'll tell you what, boy. <laughs> <laughs> there is at one of these booths, it's probably the best Star Wars booth at Frankenson out here. I want to say it's either 13 or $1,800 is a carded Han and Carbonite. Whoa. But you know what? I would buy that. (laughs) (laughs) That is so worth it. That's one of my top two favorite Kenner toys. The other one is Luke, Stormtrooper disguised Luke, where you could pop his helmet off. Either Mm. one of those carded, it's worth that much money. I I don't feel like spending it, but it's, yeah. Yeah, whether or not you have it, sounds great to me. 1800 bucks, totally worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think with, I saw an amazing meme that had Charlie from the Charlotte Chocolate Factory when he ha- when he's holding up the ticket and he realizes he's won, and they replaced whatever the quote was in the movie, and it just says it says Star Wars on it. I'm rich, <laughs> and I feel like when it came down to some point, and I wonder if that collectability, you know, was that people chasing the dream of you know, was this an action comics number one? Was this detective comics number 27? The comic book collectability of finding these first appearances. And like, I feel like knowing what a hit Star Wars was for so many people, but especially among science fiction people who had always been in the fray of that, right? I mean, the the fact that detective comics number 27 was a book that, most people read and threw away and it's crazy that the first appearance of Batman would go for, you know, whatever the latest one sold for one point something million dollars. And that they were, Dude. there were thousands of them at some mm-hmm. point. You know what I mean? They were that, that was the way that they did it. Yeah. So I wonder if like a lot of, I would be very interested to know about this and I'm sure someone is able to figure it out, but like the collectability of things and that was Star Wars intentionally primed for that audience to say, we're going to build all this stuff and the blue snack, you know, the, the blue cloak or the, the vinyl Cape Jawa is going to be the rare one. Cause something happened with production, you know? And it's like that once that got adopted in the original toys, 
that was always a part of Star Wars collecting from there. Well, dude, there's a lot of insight on that that process and whether or not some of it was just like by the seat of their pants, which I think most of it was in the early days. You know, you think about like the uh, the pre-sale box that was just an empty box, you know, <laughs> for the, the, the very first run. Uh, there's a lot of insight there in, shout out Doug Vader for mentioning the toys that made us. Oh, yeah. Great, Netflix, great. great, great. Yeah. It's so good. Great doc. Obviously, Star Wars is in the first season of that because, I mean, it was the original. Mm-hmm. Um, it's right. It's really interesting how they knew what they had, but they didn't necessarily know what they had at the beginning. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally. I mean, it was sure. all innovative. I mean, yeah. we are talking about chunks of plastic here, but how they pulled it off and the fact that nothing looked like that beforehand is innovative. But uh, just off the top of my head, one of my favorite facts that I learned from specifically about uh, Kenner Star Wars line, how they arrived at the three and three quarter size was just whoever there was like a boss there at Kenner and they were trying to figure out how big the toy should be. And the dude, I guess, had kind of like bigger hands mm-hmm. and he held up his hand and was just like, I don't know, this big, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like just pointed to like the size of his palm. And I think they measured it and it was 3.75 inches. <laughs> so I was like, that's that's not technical at all. Like some guy was just like, I don't know, this big. <laughs> that was a butterfly effect for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's old, dude, it, it's old school. It's like, uh, what what is a foot? What is an inch? What is a yeah. yard? And none of it makes any sense. It's just like, oh, yeah, the king's foot was that big. So that's how, yeah. Did you guys mail away for the for the George Lucas in a stormtrooper three and three quarter inch figure? No. no. So, I mean, that was also to me, like, I feel like I, ha- I have it it's in the next room. Like, it was like a mail away. Yeah. Like th- that generation where you like had a, you had to like mail away. I'm not saying like proof of purchase, but, mm-hmm. you know, online shopping wasn't, what it was right then so we had to like fill out this fill out a card odd yeah card you fill out the card and you put two stamps on it and, <laughs> yeah. and fingers crossed it got all the way to california from you know from new york and you're like oh okay and then there was no tracking like oh your amazon order delivered no it you, it just kind of appeared in the mailbox one day like three months later yeah like beg your mom to get out her checkbook to put in the envelope yeah, you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and somehow, you know, even back then, uh, they put it in an actual box with padding and not just a mailer. So if anyone Amazon is listening to this podcast, please stop putting our collectibles in mailers. Like we care yeah. about this product. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. But is that, so what I want to ask that dude, Vinny, that's a great point. Like you have these goofy fringe things that are either like dedicated to the fandom or it's a special edition, you know, and of course like the, rocket launching Boba Fett, of course, just mm-hmm. like was the original animal of this whole thing of like, you know, if you actually found one, you know, oh my God, no, you, I'm retiring tomorrow. At what point were they doing that? If you sent away for the George Lucas in the Stormtrooper action figure, did you rip it open when you got it? Did you play with it? Or did you know that this was designed to be a collectible? It's in a protective case. I'll got it right <laughs> now. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, at what point were, when you were a kid, did you stop ripping the box open and playing with it. That's what I'm curious about. Like, cause you know, cause now it changes. I was 24 it. years old. <laughs> uh, I only do it now when I buy two of some sick characters, you know, like some of the black series, especially the newer ones. I don't know. They gotta be the more fun ones. I'm not like some of them. I'm just buying to be a completionist. But when Bo-Katan came out, I'm like, all right, buying two of those. Cause I'm opening one. 
you know, yeah. like, that type of thing. <laughs> uh, I just put in the chat here, um, the, the only thing I remember mailing away for was this Anakin Skywalker Kenner. The burnt one? Was it that one? No, it was like uh, like Force Ghost Anakin, you know, like oh, in that. Jedi robe Anakin from the oh, original okay. Return of the Jedi. Sebastian Shaw. Can I, can I do my Holy Grail? Oh, yeah. Did you do it? You didn't do it, did I you? I did not. Didn't do it. Huh. We just, I blew it. Say something. Terrible Vinny. host. Jeez. No, 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 no. I, I'm sorry to backtrack. No, no. Uh, so for me, where I thought I got in, my Star Wars fandom, like went to like an, another level when I got kind of like I separated myself like a little bit with the knowledge and, and just was was Dash Rendard's Outrider from Shadows of the Empire. It was the vehicle. It was the purple box. And I was like, this this is the character that everybody needs to get into. Everybody needs to like know more about this character. I was going to read the book, play the video game, and they had his ship. And it was like a B-wing, and it, and it kind of was like a knockoff Millennium Falcon B-wing prototype ship. Right, yeah. where, it was lopsided. You, know, you, you may have seen it in Star Wars Rebels as well, uh-huh. but... It was his ship and, you know, he had his droid that was kind of like a, a medical droid knockoff, but it only sat him in the cockpit. And, uh, you know, I kind of do look at them all the time on eBay and stuff. And that character and, and that that story kind of like set me aside and why I love Star Wars. So it would be Dash Rendar's Outrider, the black and purple box. Uh, I would love to have it. How much would you pay right now? <laughs> how much you how much you willing to part I with? I guess like a hundred bucks would be cool. Right. Like, I, I, I think a hundred bucks is reasonable. I, right. I bet PayPal, I could find goods it. and services. Yeah, yeah, I could, <laughs> I could find it, but yeah, that would you know that would bring warmth to my my heart of Star Wars toy collecting because that that was like I feel like the first time where I got into getting away from four, five, and six, and you know just expanding the you know what what is now the eu or or whatever mm-hmm. you know that that was that for me that that story that character that i like knew that story inside and out at such a young age i felt like my fandom was like you know re- resided with that story in between um empire and return of the jedi so i would love to have that you know in my in my collection and that's dope there was there was something about the key art too that i think that they star wars was always really smart about with either the packaging or however they handled just this amazing collection of art that they had made, whether it was Drew Struzan or whatever it was. Like, I remember specifically getting all the super versions of Super Nintendo, Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, Super Mm -hmm. Return of the Jedi, right? And, you know, this is a time where everything in the 90s was like, make everything modular. And the freaking Super Nintendo used, you know, they would make like a Tupperware version. You could just slide all the games and it was real convenient. And you would just throw away the boxes that they came in. But I remember for some reason, I always kept Star Wars boxes because the art was so good, you know? And I wanted to keep the boxes specifically only for that IP. I didn't care about Jurassic Park. I would throw that away. It was just the logo, whatever. And like something about Star Wars handling the way that they did art was also next level too. And maybe yeah. that was a part of like why I loved it because it was familiar. We had seen it before. It was like they always showed our characters that we loved. I don't know. And those games were hard, man. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of sweet too because you got to you got to be not only the characters but you got to fly ships too. I got to find an emulator. Yeah, dude. Star Wars definitely had kind of a special, it, it, was, it was next level in every way with toys, but we also have a bias. So it'd be interesting to go back and look like, cause I remember being super into like 
He-Man and stuff like that, you know? Oh, I had all of it, though. I had He-Man, Crush, G.I. Joe, my goodness. Wrestling. Oh, Wrestling. Man. Ninja Turtles. Wrestling. Ninja totally. Turtles. I had it all. Oh, Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles is like my new poison. Just like working. Do you remember the Star Wars G.I. Joes? They came in like a, they came, they had a, a, a clear front. They told yeah. them they had a story of the character, but they were like 12 inch. Yeah. And they, yeah. they look like the G.I. Joe. They did Greedo, yeah. Chewbacca, mm. C-3PO. They go for like 20 to 40, Boba Fett was one, 20 to 40 bucks now on eBay. But they were like the like the original like 12 inch figs. Like and I remember those boxes were, were, were awesome, but they did just look less like Ken dolls. Yeah, and yeah. G.I. Joes, they were, they were pretty sweet. I have a few of those that my brother-in-law in law got for me from like the prequel days. I have two, three versions of Padme and like the different outfits that are pretty sick they're sweet yeah that become like a thing where people would just oh he's a star wars fan i'll buy him like my because that's the other thing my mom every time she goes to a flea market she's like it says star wars on it do you want it and i'm like mom Mm. that's a napkin like well i don't need (laughs) that you know what i mean like that's funny along the lines of that is we're pretty close to where i live there's four massive antique stores and they're awesome and they do actually like I could go there once a month and each booth has new stuff. Like the, the owners of each booth really, it's a passion. It's not just the same old shit in there. So the funny thing is rule of law, if you're an antique owner, at least in these four stores is if it says Star Wars, it's vintage. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You could go to yeah, Target yeah, yeah. right now and pull anything that says Target. It's going into the antique store and <laughs> it. it's it's vintage. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys, uh, I, just to shout her out, and now Nick, you brought this up, you might know her, um, Star Wars Thrifting on Instagram. Mm-hmm. She's she's a yep. California girl. She goes to like swap meets and yep. flea markets. She finds like the dopest stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like secondhand stuff that people are parting ways with, don't know what mm-hmm. they have. And she comes across some pretty cool stuff. And, and yeah. she's, you know, been a fan of our podcast since like the start. And But the stuff that she finds at, at the flea markets like episode one tie-dye t-shirts to, yeah. you know, just random collectibles that you kind of like forget about, like Burger King glasses mm-hmm. or this like Burger King like watch that from, you know, Empire Strikes Back yeah, that yeah. I have. But she <laughs> finds like some the coolest stuff. And I think there's another hobby in that as well, you know, that we're, we're trying to find things like secondhand or that we've yeah. parted ways with, but she finds some pretty rad Because what's cool is I feel like that whole prequel era Obviously, the figures are overproduced, so like no one's flipping out over those. But you come right. across in a thrift store or something, some sweet ass like Mason Windu shirt or yeah, uh, Obi Wan shirt yeah. or anything like that. The JC, like the JC Penny, the JC Penny tie dye shirts. Yeah, if you go down <laughs> that that rabbit hole, I'm talking like two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> for a tie dye shirt that I mean, like my mom worked at JC Penny when I was growing up. And that, and we, me and my brother had him Darth Maul. I have one now. Uh, probably people have seen it or maybe not, but it's like Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and then Maul in the middle. And I like roll the sleeves up because it's a little too big. But I would, mm-hmm. I wore that to like fifth grade <laughs> before like, uh, you know, Star Wars was cool and, and, you know, or even like now I still wear it out and get compliments on it. But, you know, <laughs> that was like a thing. And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, these things are going for two to $500 on eBay. It's just, it's madness. Yeah. But my mom specifically, it's funny you say the antique store. My mom loves antiquing. And she is obviously has my my best intentions at the front of her mind all the time. And so I'll just get this panic text on Sunday at like nine in the morning. She'll be like, Mike, 
Look at this. This guy told me it's a Star Wars number one comic book. He'll sell it to me real cheap. It's a, he said it's a first print. I don't know <laughs> what that means. And I'm looking, I'm like, show me a picture of it. She said, if I buy it right now, I'll buy it for 60 bucks. And I look at it, I'm like, mom, you tell that guy it's, that's got a diamond. It's a 35 cent mark on there. I'm like, that guy's trying to swindle you. And she's yeah. like, oh, okay. Okay, sounds good. I'm like, you know what? You put that power of the forest back. That's not that vintage. So I yeah. feel like you gotta like know you gotta know a little yeah, bit about this stuff, course. or else like you're getting, you know, like like it's a little predatory. Oh, 100 percent Like this is I bought this. Look, it says it says vintage. It says vintage collection on it. So this must be from the 70s, right? And yeah. you flip it over, you're like that little copyright logo, 2021. <laughs> that's what that means. It's not vintage collection. They just made that so you would buy it and put it here in your antique store. <laughs> yeah, the first run, it said vintage on it already, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, they just knew. Predated. I have a massive collection of toys and like really obscure collectible shit. Like I, during Revenge of the Sith, went to the local like Burger King and 7-Eleven and everything and got the displays. Yeah, that's so cool. I have menus, like the fry scoops, the actual things from, you know, up on the menu boards that have the Star Wars branded stuff. I have like full toy sets. I've got all that stuff. I've got a, a Skittles and M&M display thing with like all the Skittles and M&Ms in them. What I'm getting at here is I have a lot of stuff. I would say like six Rubbermaid tubs, like the, you know, this, I'm like holding my arms like, out like this, what is this, two and a half, three feet, you know, whatever, the 36-inch What is a foot, tips. huh? I've got like six of those and a bunch of giant cardboard cutouts, the Mountain Dew and Pepsi ones and all that kind of crap. <laughs> I, it takes a lot of time to take pictures of it to try to sell it to the local toy store that does all this stuff. Uh, there's a place called Slackers, CDs and Games, or it used to be called that in St. Louis. I'm eventually trying to like trade it in there. For store credit, we'll do. Right, because I'll mm-hmm. just I'll just buy other versions of the no, movies on. They won't. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but um, if anyone's listening and they're even remotely close to St. Louis, everything I got thousand bucks, all of it, you can have oh, it all. All of it. My, did you know in Pittsburgh there's still an episode one Pod Racer Pepsi machine? I could get you the the, the latitude, longitude. I'll, I'll get it. I'll, I'll text so it to you guys. But there's my friend takes a, a selfie in front of it. I'm like, how is that still in the south side, <laughs> East Carson Street of Pittsburgh? A, why is it not destroyed or damaged or stolen? Like, yeah. why is that still there? That's but amazing. It still exists. Because it's Pepsi. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> if it was Coke. Because people knew that uh, if you mess with the little pod racer kid, he might end up being the Sith Lord that might <laughs> yeah. kill you. Uh, he's a person and his name is Anakin. You <laughs> Yeah, watch true. it there, Michael. That's true. <laughs> Did you guys collect the cans? You collected all the Pepsis, uh-huh. the Mountain Dews, the Pepsi ones. Yeah, yeah. When yeah, they did episode course. one. Yeah, of course. Never did. I had a, a case, like a twenty-four pack of Pepsi uh, from Revenge of the Sith. That's what I had, okay. and it was in my basement. And I don't know if I, I can't remember what happened, but I think one of them blew up. You know? Yeah, of course. And I of lost because I had like chip bags, I had all the Frito Lay stuff. I had all of it, and I came down one morning, and there was just like Pepsi everywhere. Okay, yeah, yeah. well, there, there goes that the, part of my collection. The guy at this corner store, because this is like a non-corporate corner store that we like grew up by, and the guy, once the guy figured out that like this thing was, you know, because I'm sure the distributors like, hey, listen, we got, you know, it's going to be a gold can with Yoda on it, and you know, you wouldn't if kid comes in here and gives you the can, you got a thing on it, right? <laughs> so we would walk in and we'd be like, hey, 
We just got done caddying at the local golf course and we're ready to buy our Star Wars cans of Pepsi. And I think this guy figured out, he was like, Hey, I heard, uh, in the back there, there's a gold can. So we bought like $3,000 worth of Pepsi that summer. <laughs> that, there was never a gold can, but that guy figured us out. He swindled oh, us. Web of lies. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. We could talk about Star Wars toys for another hour and 13 minutes. Absolutely. But tomorrow's my birthday, so I don't have time to edit another hour and 13 minutes. Tomorrow being Wednesday or tomorrow being Friday? Tomorrow being Wednesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, 42. Wow. Most exciting birthday of all birthdays. So um, this has been a hoot. This has been festive. This has been force-filled. I just want you to know right now that I have three gifts for myself under the tree, and they are unwrapped Star Wars toys. I don't know if you guys <laughs> could see right now. Is it, it the cantina? Like it's, no. it's just a picture of Dave Filoni. What the heck? <laughs> no, the other day I bought uh, the new vintage collection Emperor's Throne Room for 60 bucks, so that's double the price of what it originally was. I got that at LA Comic-Con. And then I did find at Target the like brand new, brand new Black Series Wave. Found Panda Baba and Doctor. What's his name? Avazon. Avazon. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I found those Man. types. But that whole new wave is all bangers. It's like pre-armor Boba, but from Mandalorian. Yeah. It's uh, Fennec Shand. There's like a Rogue One Stormtrooper in there. I think, yeah, well. I think yeah. Leia Metal Ceremony. Like everyone yep. in this new newest wave is total banger they sucked you right back in then they Nick's making all of this up it's actually it's a hand-painted portrait of dave filoni on burt reynolds <laughs> naked body in that photo yeah. where he's laying there with the blanket is. that's what it is <laughs> wait speaking of hand drawings too i'm sure you guys saw it but if you haven't seen it so i went to la comic-con on friday and this uh cartoon artist luke mcgarry in 2018 i had him draw me and chewy his thing was kind of, I think he had a big breakout thing on the internet a couple of years ago about sad Chewie because Han died. So it was a little bit mm -hmm. after Force Awakens. So he was doing just like quick sketches. So he put me with Chewie and Chewie was like, you're not going to leave me, are you? You know, that type of thing. So I went on Friday specifically to see him. I mean, I wanted to go to Comic-Con, but I wanted to see him and just kind of do an update. So I walk up to the dude and I'm just like, I don't know, just Anakin me and here's a picture of my dog he's like all right come back in like 40 minutes so i'm like man what did i tell him to draw you know i'm like <laughs> what kind of information did i give him anakin and my dog and me and i'm like this is gonna suck so i roll up and it's the best thing i ever saw in my life like it's <laughs> so cool like it's on my instagram right now like i can't believe how good it came out a car like a cartoon version of finn my dog is the coolest thing i ever saw in my life it's so funny that's amazing and then it totally he totally crushed anakin too it looks great. So it's one of my favorite things that I own Star Wars related at this point. I love this. This rules. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. It's beautiful. All right, let's wrap it up. Vinny, where can folks find you on the internet if they want to check out your podcast and you personally and all the stuff? It's All Wings Report in on Instagram. It's All Wings Report on Twitter. If you guys are into toy collecting, uh, skywardfunsupply.com, All Wings 15 will get you 15% off off your holiday order. So if you're trying to get some last minute Christmas gifts, you can use that discount code over there. And uh, thank you to thank the maker for having me, Mike and, and Adam and Nick. I, I love what you guys are doing. You you're three of the best uh, out there. I think the Star Wars community more needs more like-minded and good-looking people like you. So <laughs> it means a lot that you guys had me on. I'm glad that we're friends. We've crossed paths. And um, keep doing what you guys are doing. I know there's a lot of people that love and appreciate you doing, me being one of them. So thank you. It means a lot for you guys having me on, for real. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Dude, thank you. Hey, quick question. Are you coming to Celebration this year? 
or next year? I am not. It's around the time of my wedding, so gotcha. I won't be there. Mm. But I'm built. I'm, Mike, my stormtrooper kit is cut. I'm just waiting on some to, to getting it fitted and stuff. Don't worry, I'm, I'm still working <laughs> on it. Nice. Yeah, I did. Uh, our mutual friend. He's a mutual friend of the pod at this point. I feel like he's been connective tissue for most of us. Uh, Danny had what well, he had a uh, some wedding issues with best men not being able to come out. You were the only. You were the solo best man, right? That's it. That's it. So we had to we had to ball out, and he reached out to me and said, "Hey, I got to get Vinny a a good gift." And I was like, "Well, I can think of a lot of good gifts, but I can think of the best gift." And so we got Vinny a Anovos Stormtrooper. Nice. Dude. Very sweet. unreal. It's a, it's a good gift. Leveling yeah. up in the fandom. <laughs> yeah. Best gift. I got a lot of love for you guys, man. Thank you. Thank you, bud. Listeners, if you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us at Thank the Maker Pod on Instagram, at Thank the Maker on Twitter. All of my stuff is at Adam the Skull. All my socials are at Nick Bayside. I am on the newest episode of The Sith List, which is one of my favorite, uh, like, kind of. A little Star Wars centric, but mostly pop culture podcast. And uh, episode number 24 of the radio radio show is out right now. Lit. I am a fierce advocate of the radio radio show. You were on what last week? Did you uh, request? Yeah, two I call, weeks ago? yeah, I call. I called in a show to support my Hell pal. Yeah. And you can find me on the interwebs at Hondo Supply. The shop is now closed. Christmas is over. And I've fulfilled about 80 orders within Scrooge. the last two weeks, which is crazy. Christmas is over? Yeah, Christmas is I'm sorry. This, uh, you were no, you, everyone's having a solo Christmas. You're a mean <laughs> one, Mr. Grinch. Darth Vader's voice, lovely. Um, you can find me at Honda Supply. And I am also on the same Thank the Maker Network, the host of Armor Party, a podcast about costuming and costumers. And we just had on Frank Ippolito, who was the... Harborman, dock worker, Mon Calamari from season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, and the cable knit sweater. That's right. He was wow. the, the cozy fish man. So we just had him on, and he is the owner of a, a props shop called Thingergy Inc. And they were actually the ones that made Fennec Shan's armor. And also they made Lang, which is Michael Bean's character. And they also did a little character that I'm not sure if anybody cares about, Moff Gideon's armor. So I got to learn a lot about how they did all that. And it's a pretty incredible story. And he's just another Italian hot blood <laughs> dude. And he goes off. And if you're considering getting into props, you got to give this latest episode a listen because it's fantastic. Dude, and Frank's just dope. He's super dope. I, I learned of him through Tested, Adam Savage's yeah. network i guess youtube channel and uh, website and podcast network and all that so i know him as adam savage adjacent because i'm an adam sure. savage mythbuster super fan or whatever so i became a fan there and then found out all this stuff and now he's on your podcast and my mind is blown so <laughs> well here's here's a little teaser for the podcast in that specific episode because if you're listening to this i assume you've watched the mandalorian there are two mon Cala, right there's one who watches the razor crest fall from the sky and that's frank and then there's another mon calamari that gives grogu his little soup with the squid in it right that originally was supposed to be adam savage in that suit whoa yep and he wasn't available that day, and Frank needed some extra help bringing in uh, to work the animatronics and the servos in the actual Mon Cala head. And so he called in his friend Janina, 
who is Iden Versio of Battlefront ah. 2. Whoa. So nice. Mm-hmm. So you can see in the behind the scenes of them on set and her not being an actor, her just loving Star Wars. So really cool. So listen to the podcast, Armor Party Show on the interwebs. Thank the Maker Merch. Also, at the time of this podcast dropping, you have about a day to get pre-orders in for our new designs, which are awesome. We've got the new Anakin Skywalker design. We've got the new Defend Most Isley design. They're awesome. It's pre-order stuff rather than just the typical just throw it in the cart and buy it kind of thing. So you want to get those in right away. If you're listening to this after Friday, we're really sorry. We'll do another pre-order sooner than later, hopefully. Yeah, and if this drop idea, you know, us kind of doing a two-week pre-order goes well, I think we'll be able to do more merchandise. So go buy those, make this first drop successful so we could keep putting some more cool and fashionable, nerdy Star Wars stuff out there. And if you want to support the podcast directly, patreon.com slash thing to maker pod is where you can go to do that. It's three bucks to just support the podcast and just help out this thing that you get to listen to for free all the time up to 30 bucks a month. If you want to be a Jedi council tier patron and listen to us record live like all these folks are doing right now we got questions they're chatting it's all it's awesome patreon.com slash thank the maker pod vinnie thanks so much for being here thank you so much happy holidays to everyone and until next week may the force be with you 